This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. What's as American as apple pie? Blue jeans. And the way they fit, how you wear them, what you pair them with, they're all uniquely you. But the journey in the life of those jeans, before and after they're on your body, is a trip repeated billions of times each year. This is NPR's Life Kit. I'm Elise Hugh. The lifespan of a pair of jeans repeats billions of times because some five to six billion pairs are manufactured in the world each year. And honestly, I think that that estimate is probably a little bit low. Author Elizabeth Klein, who writes books about the fashion industry and its labor practices, weaves us through. They start out as cotton on a cotton farm. They eventually get spun into fiber, sewn into clothing. And then they end up in a retailer. Then we order the jeans online from, say, The Gap or Madewell, a place that sells jeans. That pair of jeans comes home to our closets, but... They end up eventually moving on to waste. Wait, what if I drop these jeans off in a donation bin at a resale shop like Goodwill first? So of the clothes that we donate to charity, it's estimated that about 15 to 20 percent are sold in the thrift store where we donate them. And then the rest is packed up, bailed up and enters the global secondhand economy. The jeans could then go anywhere in the world. But recycling solutions for clothing just aren't very advanced right now. So only 1% of all clothing is ever recycled back into new clothing. 1% at most. That means that ultimately any, any item of clothing that you get rid of is going to end up in the landfill because the technological solutions just really aren't at scale yet to do something different with it. The costs are huge to the environment and the people making clothes. That single pair of jeans took an estimated 1,800 gallons of water to produce. And you probably know this, but to make so many jeans so quickly and affordably, factory workers are often underpaid and unsafe. We're not here to say, hey, stop shopping. But there are ways to shop smarter and to curate a more eco and ethically conscious closet. In today's episode, how to do it. This message is brought to you by NPR sponsor, Progressive Insurance. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options within your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for NPR and the following message come from our sponsor, Whole Foods Market. Host a celebratory brunch for less with 365 by Whole Foods Market. Featuring wallet-happy finds like cold smoked Atlantic salmon, mini quiches, organic everything bagels, and more. Plus, visit the floral department and jazz up your table with a beautiful bouquet of big, bright, sourced-for-good flowers. When the brunch has to be perfect and delicious, go to your local Whole Foods Market. Clothes are so cheap for us consumers these days, but they come with those staggering environmental and human costs that don't get priced in. The idea that we only enjoy something for a very short of time is inherently unsustainable. Fashion is the second biggest polluter of clean water on the planet. This is going to keep happening as long as we let it. So we need to show clothing brands not just that we care, 
but why they should. That was the BBC, a Teen Vogue video, and John Oliver on HBO. Like the threat of climate change, fast fashion and the global clothing glut is a thorny, multifaceted, systemic problem. Elizabeth Klein. The same thing that's happening to that fast fashion worker is the same thing that's happening to an Amazon worker, to a fast food worker, to a freelance journalist. That process of extraction that's happening in fashion is pretty similar to what's happening across our economy in general. That's a lot. It's heavy. And it can make us feel powerless and paralyzed as individuals to do something about it. But it doesn't have to. Here are some things we can do. Our first takeaway, don't think of your clothes as disposable. Expect to keep them for the long haul. People are so quick to, oh, it doesn't fit anymore. Trash. Oh, this doesn't look anymore. Trash. That's Symphony Clark, known as the thrift guru on social media platforms. She says because clothing has gotten so cheap, it's easy to think of outfits as single use. We live in this generation now where people won't even get caught dead seeing people like wearing the same outfit twice. That's the lifespan of their clothing. Once a picture is taken, it's done. To abandon that attitude of excess, change your mindset. Buy with the notion that what you purchase should stay with you. Clark recommends a simple test. Do like a 30 wear test. Like when you go shopping, when you look at an item, will you wear this item at least 30 times? And that alone will get people thinking like, what? Why would I want to wear something 30 times? That's really the key. You want to actually extend the lifespan of clothing. To extend the lifespan of those threads, treat your clothes with a little more TLC. Here's Elizabeth Klein. As clothes have gotten cheaper, people stop taking care of them. Maybe if they get mustard or coffee on their shirt, they'll just say, oh, this was like $5, so I'm not even going to bother. But taking care of clothes can feed the soul. It's just a very good life skill to have. In fact, we have a Life Kit episode all about getting stains out, including out of your clothes. Takeaway two, learn how to revamp clothing and accessories. Clark, the thrift guru, established her own personal style by revamping, or what's also known as thrift flips. Bruce up your wardrobe without actually buying any new clothes. So let me show you how to make your scrunchies at home and no sewing skills required. The pants were really baggy at the bottom and I did not like how that looked. So I just cut that off. It's very popular on the socials. What is it? Revamping is just taking something that's old and revamping it into something totally different and totally new. Symphony Clark realized the power of this low-priced, eco-conscious way to give clothing a second life while she was a student. Now she makes a living showing the rest of us how to do it. Go in your closet and say, hey, how can I switch up this old crew neck or this old hoodie that I have? Maybe I could cut it and crop it and now it's a whole different item. Learn this by going to school on social media. Search YouTube or TikTok for thrift revamps or thrift flips. Another good hashtag is DIY no sew, so that no sewing or stitching is required. There's a lot of this stuff you can just do with just hot glue or like some fabric glue, super glue, safety pins, all that stuff. Super cool. But when you do want to say goodbye to older garments, that gets us to take away three. Get rid of and rotate your clothing responsibly. When we all got in on the Marie Kondo craze, the idea was to throw out that which no longer brought us joy. But be intentional about how you donate. If you donate that item, it has a much, much, much higher chance of finding a second life. Finding another person who's, like, excited to wear it. For example, could you do a clothing swap with friends? If not, you could resell your higher-priced items. Resale apps like ThreadUp, Poshmark, and The Real Real make it easy to make a buck on what you no longer wear. You'd be surprised what people buy on the internet. Symphony Clark. So I would just say list everything 
Make sure that it looks presentable for the most part when you're selling online. Most apps are modeling apps, like they're modeling friendly. So when you model the clothes, I feel like they're like more likely to sell than just placing it on the floor and taking a picture of it. So that's like my little tip. That's what works for me. A great tip if you want to sell, but for buyers, we have takeaway four. Change the way you buy your clothes by buying secondhand. Symphony Clark spends time in the racks of thrift stores like the Salvation Army and Goodwill, and she not only finds great deals, but invents new looks. If that seems too overwhelming, thrifting online is more and more widespread. So you don't have to have the hassle of going into the thrift store and feeling overwhelmed and looking through all these clothes and having dust in your eyes and battling lines of people. You can eliminate all of that by actually going online. If you want to take the first step and just dabbling and seeing what thrifting or shopping secondhand is all about. Same place people sell is where you can buy. Go onto an app that allows you to search for certain items. She likes Depop and Poshmark apps for that. Let's say that you're like, man, I'm really into like the whole Adidas zip up tracksuit phase. Sometimes when you go to the thrift store, you might not find that. You know, you walk into a thrift store, you're like, yeah, I don't even know where this section is or if, if they'll have that. You can go on to Depop and just type in Adidas tracksuit. Boom, everything will pop up. So those were many practical ways you can whittle down your closet and play a role in conquering the costly global clothing glut but you can go beyond shopping, upcycling, and donating smarter. Your fifth takeaway to eco-conscious closets is to get educated. Learn more about a practice called greenwashing and the campaigns out there for a fairer, more sustainable fashion industry. Okay, you've probably heard some stuff about greenwashing or you've seen stores advertising their eco-conscious clothing. What does that mean? It's murky. Companies want to signal good virtues. Here's author Elizabeth Klein. Greenwashing is when companies either intentionally mislead consumers or just oversell and embellish the efforts they're making to be more sustainable. To learn more, she recommends a site called Good On You and a nonprofit called Remake. They put out something called the Transparency Report. And that's where if you really want to do your due diligence and say, okay, which brands are truly going the next level, those websites are going to give you that information. And what's so amazing to me is there are a lot of consumers out there who really, really want to do that homework. Once you're educated, you can think about getting more involved. I see a lot of people spending spending a lot of time worrying or feeling guilty about where they shop. We can't forget that the problems in the fashion industry are systemic and that we have to have systemic solutions to these issues as well. Klein helped launch an organization herself called Pay Up Fashion that pushes against exploitative practices in the fashion industry. One of the things that we are looking at this year is regulatory and legal reform in the fashion industry. And just to give you one concrete example, we are supporting California's Garment Worker Protection Act, and it will, for the first time in decades, in decades, hold fashion brands legally and financially accountable for what happens in their garment factories. Yeah, I think we forget that we still can take a lot of civic action, you know, (laughs) beyond retweeting. We have so much power, collective power as consumers, but you really have to get together with other people and decide what your agenda is. What is your strategy? What is it that we want from these companies and make demands on them to change? Remember those genes that went on the journey similar to the other 5 billion genes each year? 
with a little more consciousness about our closets, Klein says the life cycle of those jeans would last longer. And more importantly, there would be fewer in circulation. There's no reason for there to be 5 billion pairs of jeans manufactured every year. So in, in a more responsible fashion future, it could be that, you know, companies are making less. They're using technology to make sure that whatever they're making matches up with consumer demand. Fellow consumers, we can have an influence on what the future looks like. Okay, there were lots of links and recommendations here, and we'll put them all online at npr.org slash lifekit. But if you're listening while on a jog or in your car or maybe while online thrift shopping, let's review. Takeaway one, change your mindset about clothes. Buy them expecting those clothes to be with you for the long haul and take better care of them once they're yours. You want to actually extend the lifespan of clothing. Taking care of clothes can feed the soul. Two, learn how to revamp what you've got. Go in your closet and say, hey, how can I switch up this old crew neck or this old hoodie that I have? Three, when you want to say goodbye, get rid of your clothes responsibly. Give or resell to people who actually want what you've worn. All of these resale apps like ThreadUp and Poshmark and websites like The Real Real have made it so much easier to rotate your closet responsibly. Takeaway four, buy secondhand. So many apps and sites make that possible. And physical thrift stores still abound in every town. When you thrift, you create the trend. You are the trend center. You kind of like create your own fashion sense. So people are like, wow, where'd you get that from? Can I copy it? No, you can't because this is thrifted and it's revamped and it came from my brain and my heart. And finally, get educated. Learn about greenwashing to make better choices. You can take part in campaigns for more ethical and sustainable fashion industry practices. We know the scourge of fast fashion is a knotty issue that can implicate the whole globe. Klein. This is the ultimate intersectional issue. It is the combination of race and gender and class and like exploitation that cuts so many different ways. But the potential for change is possible. It could lead to a fashion future that's better for workers, better for the planet, and depending on how good you are at today's takeaways, better for your wardrobe. For more NPR Life Kit, check out our other episodes. We have one on the steps to deep clean your space and another one on how to stop procrastinating. You can find those at npr.org slash lifekit. And if you love Life Kit and want more, subscribe to our newsletter at npr.org slash lifekit newsletter. And now, a completely random tip from... Hi, my name is Jordan. Do you have a lot of things to do? Uh, Feeling overwhelmed? Well, if there's anything that only takes two minutes... Do it right now, because it'll take longer for you to try to remember to do it later than it will to do it right now. So that's the two-minute rule. Very helpful when you got stuff to do. Thank you, Life Kit team. You guys are rule. If you've got a good tip, leave us a voicemail at 202-216-9823, 202-216-9823, or email us a voice memo at lifekit at npr.org. This episode was produced by Fiona Guerin. Megan Kane is the managing producer, and Beth Donovan is our senior editor. I'm Elise Hugh. Thanks for listening. Support for NPR and the following message come from the American Cancer Society. Dr. Alpa Patel leads a team that researches cancer risk factors, and she shares how her team makes an impact. We always do what we like to think of as actionable science. So, 
The work that we do makes its way to things like nutrition and physical activity guidelines for cancer.org, where millions of people come each year to learn about how they can better prevent cancer. To learn more, go to cancer.org. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with their original podcast, Choiceology. Choiceology is a show about the psychology and economics behind people's decisions. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com slash podcast. Is it possible to engineer our way out of the climate crisis? Some entrepreneurs want to shoot particles into the stratosphere to combat global warming. Experts say regulations on this technology aren't keeping up. The world of solar geoengineering on the latest episode of The Sunday Story from NPR's Up First podcast. 